0: Hello and welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Counter and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World, where we have spent the recent weeks focusing on new identity technologies in healthcare and how biometrics can enhance patient ID, electronic health records, and even diagnosis. That focus on healthcare was in preparation for the HIMSS conference in Orlando, which since the original publication of this podcast has been canceled due to concerns around the COVID-19 coronavirus. Fine Biometrics was scheduled to host an expert fireside chat about mobile ID in the healthcare sector, moderated by Fine Biometrics President Peter O'Neill and featuring special guest Tim Brown. Idemia's Senior Director of Technology and Chief Technologist of Digital Identity for North America. This episode was initially intended as a preview of that chat, but it can also be heard as a standalone episode about this fascinating intersection of identity and health. In my interview with Tim Brown, we start off with an introduction to IDEMIA's mobile ID solution and the technology and standards that make it possible before moving on to the specific ways it can be deployed in healthcare. Tim and I talk about patient ID, e prescriptions, and telemedicine before speculating on the future of a mobile ID empowered healthcare landscape. It's a fascinating conversation and a great way to keep the healthcare ID conversation rolling in lieu of hymns. So without further ado, I am pleased to present IDEMIA's Tim Brown on the ID Talk podcast. I'm joined today by Tim Brown, Senior Director of Technology and Chief Technologist, Digital Identity for North America at IDEMIA. Tim, thank you for joining me today on ID Talk.
1: Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having
0: me. So, before we jump into healthcare, we should review for listeners the fundamentals of IDEMIA's mobile ID solution. There are a few mobile driver's licenses currently live in the United States. How is IDEMIA's mobile ID solution different?
1: That's a great question, Peter the it's actually the first thing I'd like to talk about is a little bit of the difference between a mobile ID and a mobile driver's license. Um, while they're they're fundamentally the same, I think there are some key differences that um, people may hear in the market segment that that would you know allow that some, provide some clarification. Mobile ID, uh, in and of itself is a, a mobile credential that resides on your your mobile phone and uh, allows you to authenticate and establish your identity remotely. Whereas a mobile DL or driver's license provides a lot of that same that same functionality a lot of that same functionality, but also uh, conveys the uh, ability to drive to to use it as a physical credential as you would your physical credential
0: right yeah, that's a very important distinction. I imagine they're very easy technologies to conflate. Where are MDLs currently live and operational in the us
1: so mobile driver's licenses in general are actually live in several states uh, most notably uh, colorado louisiana and oklahoma uh, with several other states that are in pilots looking or looking to go live in the next 12 months oklahoma obviously has, is our idemia's mobile id as a service and while we feel that there are uh, we feel there are many advantages to our solution i would first state first and foremost that our mobile id is the first operational mobile dl that is fully compliant with the ISO IEC 18013 standard for mobile driver's licenses.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a major differentiator. Uh,
1: obviously, the benefit of a standards-based platform is to ensure interoperability, uh, regardless of the jurisdiction of issuance. And AMBA has come out and supported that uh, that standard, and, and we all expect all the states to be issuing mobile DLs in the near future. And that's important, right, because if I'm, as a Florida resident, pulled over by Uh, law enforcement or in California, uh, I'd like to be able to have the confidence that my mobile ID can replace my physical credential uh, with uh, communicating with the officer. And the only way you can guarantee that is through uh, standards uh, interoperability. And then beyond the standards, I think uh, some of the key features that we've implemented are there's a host of security and privacy enhancing technologies that are built into it, uh, most notably that put the citizen in control of their identity, as well as enabling online authentication. Um, we, you know, I like to I like to refer to some of the technology as informed consent because I, I'm a big firm believer in um, you know not only establishing uh, your you having you own a, your PII but also consenting to release it. And I think that's a that's a big part of our application. You know, a, a relying party or a, a consumer, somebody's out there, a, a business is asking for information about you, and instead of the DMV or whoever just pushing that PII out to them without your consent. We, uh, we actually allow the, the relying party requests. it comes through, it gets pushed to you at your phone and then you respond to that and it and can give that consent to you. So it's a very active process between the holder and the, uh, and the relying party rather than a, a passive or, or silent process for sharing your PII without your consent.
0: Mm-hmm. And and that that also fits into some uh, one feature that I think is really standout about Idemia's um, mobile ID is the pseudonymous data sharing as well, right? That's part of that consent.
1: That's absolutely correct. So uh, another big feature of of the the product is that uh, you have the ability to uh, restrict the data that you're sharing. So you can say, not, not only from the request coming in and what you can send out, but I can, I can create privacy views of my ID. So when I go to a bar, I go to a, uh, a restaurant or, or uh, a convenience store to buy liquor or something like that, I can, I can only show that I'm over 21. I don't have to provide that person with my name and address and all the additional information that, that could potentially be misused. And, and I'd, I'd also point out, you know, I, and I mentioned this before, you know, some of the states aren't moving directly to mobile driver's licenses for legislative reasons or or budgetary or whatever. Um, a lot of them are looking at identity federation with a mobile ID, and uh, you know, our, our product uh, fits perfectly in those that mold too. It's it's actually we call it a mobile ID uh, specifically because we think it embodies both this uh, this type of scenario where. Uh, The state is looking to do an identity federation through a mobile device uh, versus uh, providing a driver's license It can do both and and the deployment is standard for both
0: in terms of a broader mobile ID The Idemia mobile ID is international standards based What are the main standards that Idemia complies for? Broadly with mobile IDs and why are they important on an international scale?
1: I think the the, I would say there's probably four uh, that The big four, I would say, are 18.013, the ISO standard around um, mobile driver's licenses. That's in committee draft. It looks like we're going to get it published. There might be a few tweaks here and there, but it's getting close. Um, The next thing I would reference is uh, ISO standard on uh, 30107 Part 3, which is actually, while not directly related to uh, mobile driver's license actually talks to the presentation attack detection on mobile devices, and this is specific around biometrics, because a big part of mobile ID is establishing your identity uh, at a remote location. Um, that's a, a big part of it, or unlocking that mobile ID if you are going into age verification type of approach. Um and you want to make sure that the person who's standing in front of that phone isn't your, you know, isn't just holding a photograph of Tim Brown up, or uh, you know, it's it, or wearing a Tim Brown mask. They, you know, they, they, there's a lot that goes into the presenta- presentation attack defense, um, and we, we conform to both uh, levels one and two in that, which are are essentially the types of attacks you would expect that um, could be managed or manifested without a whole lot of effort. Um, you know, up to about, I think, $300 is the threshold of spending for it. You know, then there's a the level three beyond that, but that's a, a super high level of sophistication that's involved, um, which may be necessarily overkill, depending on your your outlook
0: or your view on this. Right. Yeah. The um, the level three testing that is currently available uh, as of this recording, there are no biometric solutions that have met compliance.
1: Uh, the next thing I think which is very germane to the healthcare market is NIST 863.3, the special publication on digital identity guidelines. Uh, I think that's a, uh, most of the, the healthcare uh, work that we've seen uh, calls out specifically that, that special publication, making sure that you're able to prove people to a certain level of uh, authentic authenticity, right. Or authenticate to a certain level. Uh, and that's, uh, we, you know, we've, been, we've started the process of becoming IAL2, IAL2, and FAL2 approved under the Kintara uh, the Trust Frameworks. So that's, that's ongoing. Um, we, we provide for online authentication. We are supportive of OpenID Connect. So this is thinking, you know, you think log on with my Google account, log on with my Facebook account, those types of prompts. But instead, you're using your mobile ID to do that. Those are the big four. I think after that, you know, our framework, our identity framework is uh, compliant to the identity ecosystem framework version one. Uh, we support FIDO UAF as a, uh, an authenticator and the device. Um, you know, obviously, you start getting into some of the standards around data protection and things like that, like FIPS 140-2. And we also, from a federated identity perspective, support system, you know, SCIM or, you know, system for cross-domain identity management.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting when you kind of lay them all out like that. How how much just understanding the standards that are involved in this, you really start to see the scope of what a mobile ID can do. Um, but in terms of the other side of the equation, what is the user experience for enrollment with Idemia's mobile ID? I know you touched on the liveness detection, but it's interesting, I think, to always try and like put this in the hands of somebody listening. You know, like what is this like? to do.
1: Absolutely. I, I would say, you know, I've I've been working with document proofing, remote document proofing for a really long time. Um, and some of the biggest challenges that you run into are around user experience and coaching a user through successful capture of a document to be able to proof that remotely. Mm-hmm. So, so we've we've gone through. We realize that's a a, a big part of successful enrollment, especially a mobile ID. So we've gone to great lengths to sort of tune and and fine tune our process and do through data analytics and uh, user focus group testing. We spend a lot of time talking to people, asking them what they like, what they don't like. We do A/B testing that kind of thing to try to to drive uh, successful enrollment. And it's and it's something that we are constantly grinding over to get it just right and get it perfectly perfect. perfect. Uh, but essentially, the, the process is pretty straightforward. Uh, again, we coach we coach the users all the way through. We give them examples, videos, or in-app experience to try to uh, bring them to handhold them, walk them through a successful capture. Uh, but initially, you connect your phone to the service. You know, this is typically established using a, an SMS with a deep link, so you can, you know, we establish a uh, some some type of association in our system to that device, uh, and we and that helps us confirm that you know the user is basically in control of the device. We then capture the front and the back of the physical driver's licenses. Um, you know, despite the the advent of mobile credentials, the physical credentials will still be with us for some time. But then we go for remote proofing, we capture the physical credential, not just to validate its authenticity, which we do, that ensures that the user has the possession, is in possession of the credential, but also we extract the data from the machine readable zone, which in the United States is the barcode on the back of the card. Um, That allows us to have a a solid read. We don't rely on OCR in the front of the card, and uh, pulling from the PDF 417 barcode gives us that, uh, that, that reliability in the data extraction. We then capture your selfie and we incorporate liveness detection in our mobile application.
0: And what is that liveness test like?
1: uh, We ask the user to perform several maneuvers with their heads that basically trace uh, a a path on the screen and pause at certain locations. And then finally, they submit that data, the credential data and the selfie. Goes back to this to our systems and this, we pull from the state system of record and compare the attribute data that was collected from the driver's license, compare that live captured selfie against the biometric that was there originally when the person walked in the door and proofed at the at the DMV, and that helps us establish that uh, that credential. And we throw in a few extra uh, fraud vectors in there, you know, checking for different types of fraud just to make sure. But then that's essentially it. That walks you through. Um, establishing that the device gets rendered. You've got an image on the phone. We found most of the states are asking for us to render uh, what their physical credential looks like on the device, and then we have some interaction that can go on with that as well.
0: Mobile connected life demands a revolution in ID, and Idemia is leading the charge. The Idemia mobile ID is a digital credential based on your driver's license that lives in a fully integrated mobile app on your phone The credential conforms to industry and international standards and functions like a physical driver's license that has been upgraded for a digital lifestyle, allowing you to securely assert your identity both in person and online. A mobile-centric profile with your picture, personally identifiable information, license class restrictions, and badges for supplemental data, like veteran status or donor card, makes everything easy to see and understand at a glance, while a validation button allows for real-time authentication. Other government-issue ID types and sources are naturally also supported. Learn how you can participate in making the mobile ID a nationwide reality. It's time to put identity at the core of Connected America by visiting idemia.com. And now, back to the podcast. You know, we've talked a lot about the actual driver's license component of this, and you did mention healthcare. I want to stick specifically uh, on healthcare because that's the subject of your fireside chat with five Biometrics at this year's HIMSS conference. Generally, what are some of the bigger use cases for mobile ID in healthcare?
1: The thing that jumps out first is patient ID. That's an obvious choice. I think that as we we look to um, enable things like telemedicine uh, interactions with, uh, with picking up prescriptions and that type of thing, you want to be able to establish uh, uh, ID of the identity of a person uh, remotely. You know, you're not necessarily going to be doing this in person. Um, Provider ID. So anytime a provider is interacting with uh, patient patient records or uh, prescribing uh, controlled substances or doing anything that you know, accessing patient records, those types of things, I think will will. Be obvious choices for mobile ID. So they, you know, potentially doctors may not necessarily be in a location where they're. Uh, they might be at home on the weekend, and I, you know, I call my doctor and say, "Oh, you know, my my sciatic is acting up again." So then they can prescribe me a medicine or something like that to help uh, relieve the pain uh, when when he's at home. So he he interacts with his uh, remote electronic prescriptions using his mobile ID. Um, you know, I touched on prescription pickup. I think there's a you know we've seen we see Amazon lockers everywhere. Um, you know now, I think there's going to be a move to um, you know the the various pharmacies of the world uh, offering this type of service where you walk in instead of uh, waiting in line to interact with the pharmacist, you can walk up and establish your identity with a smart um, uh, smart locker. Telemedicine again. Uh, telemedicine, sitting at home, and uh, you know, I've got a, I've got a, a cold, and you know, I, I reach out to my doctor through telemedicine. It to have to establish my identity some way to make sure that he knows or she knows that they're talking to the right, um, to the right patient. And, uh, you know, if they're going to prescribe anything, that she doesn't accidentally prescribe something that could potentially be harmful to me. Um, And then I get, of course, patient registration, and this is at home pre-enrollment type of thing. So I'm, I'm, you know, I know that I'm going in for a procedure tomorrow. I'm going to pre-enroll and answer all the questions that they're asking, give them my my insurance information. I can establish my identity with a mobile ID. But also, um, I would say walking into the hospital, you know, and establishing my ID at an in-person kiosk, I think is also going to be an area. i not having it necessarily interact, but able to establish, uh, quickly establish my identity uh, uh, for the procedures.
0: The first example that you use there was patient ID. And I know that that's one of the most crucial areas in healthcare where strong identity technologies are needed. Um, just to dig a little bit deeper, how can, Idemia mobile ID be used for patient records, and what benefits would that bring to patients and healthcare providers?
1: Absolutely, I mean, think about the way that, if I go to my healthcare provider right now, and I ask for access to my, online access to my healthcare records, and I forget my password, typically what's done is a series of uh, KBA, KBB questions, that um, you know have been proven over and over again that it's uh, that hackers are more you know I, I don't know what color the the fire hydrant was on my street and uh, you know 20 <laughs> years ago so um, but uh, you know that, that kind of information is readily available and has been hacked and exposed over the years um, and, it, and then even worse you you know pushing out a, a text message to your device and asking you to type in a code that goes there with uh, SIM card hijacking and things like that 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 type of uh, that type of system is rapidly failing us from a secure identity establishment perspective. So, you know, getting secure access, to, online access to patient records, reestablishing your account, uh, those are all crucial, uh, you know, aspects for mobile ID, you know, remotely accessing those things. Um, anywhere positive ID is is required, you know, whether it's picking up, uh, you know, the your, your prescriptions at the pharmacy. You walk into a doctor's office rather than giving my driver's license how quickly i can exchange information um you know pre-enrollment we talked about before um, and then of course I, you know I, I mentioned earlier this idea of informed consent i mean I, I want to make sure that my data is being pushed to the right people in the right times so i want to be able to give that consent through an app um, that at home, to, you know, to my providers, that to share that data. If My doctor wants to share my data with a with a specialist, then I want to make sure that I know that, um, and I consent to doing it. I think the the privacy and consent mechanism is a key tenant in our our mobile ID design, and I think I'd be remiss in not mentioning that.
0: You mentioned a couple times already uh, using the mobile ID for e prescription. Clearly, there is a huge demand for this kind of thing, um, just in terms of of just patients. Having the convenience of being able to use these um, as they like with the informed consent, as you've been mentioning again, but um, there are a lot of challenges that are coming up in terms of implementing these. My question is, what are the main challenges faced by healthcare providers in implementing this e-prescription that is in high demand, and how can Mobile ID help address those challenges?
1: Well. Uh, Certainly, you know, positive patient identification is probably your your, your biggest challenge, Um, establishing that the the person who's in front of you is that person or the person who's picking up uh, has permission to do that or is the is the correct person. I think those are, uh, you know, rolling that out. I also think uh, the ubiquity of of we know we've, we've talked about the. The presence of and how soon states are rolling out these mobile IDs, or if uh, providers are rolling them out, or it's a uh, you know specific healthcare companies or something like that. The you know the, the having access, to, you know, getting getting those systems out can be very challenging. You know, I, I know that um, a a lot of given my background in some of the remote ID proofing work that's been going on, uh, a lot of pro- a lot of providers in the absence of a strong mobile credential have rushed to using. Um, pure document authentication from a mobile device, which can be challenging because of uh, be- because you're not necessarily uh, guaranteeing the identity of that person through simple document authentication. Uh, you really need to go back to the, the system of trust, that, which is at the DMBS, uh, with some kind of biometric check at the DMB. Uh, so just doing Doc Off alone is uh, can be a, is, is probably not good enough to establish securely establish patient identity. Um, you know that, that, and I suspect that that in doing that, they uh, those relying parties or uh, companies that are healthcare providers have realized the difficulty in implementing systems like that. Well, uh, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, it's a there are plenty of challenges just interacting with customers in that way and interacting with IDs, and which is one of the benefits that that Idemia brings to. the to the table, right? So we, we have got a long history, 60 years, in producing IDs for the country, for the states in the United United States. You know, from a, I, I think from a provider side, you know, strongly identifying the prescriber uh, is the correct person issuing the prescription. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, EPCS or electronic prescription controlled substances before correctly establishing that to the DEA gu- guidelines uh, required you know having having a biometric match that gives you a false acceptance of at least one in 10,000 um, or most one in 10,000 I should say uh, being able to uh, tie the user to their mobile device to do that electronic issuance of prescriptions you know consenting you know back to the consent model you know making sure that you have a way to consent to release medical data uh, that that's yours I you know I I you know, let's say a company I work for, or not Idemia, but let's say I, I started a company and they wanted to get my uh, sensitive medical data, I'd want to know that. So I'd want to release that information mm-hmm. only if I, if I felt it was appropriate. Um, confirmation of understanding of potential side effects, interactions of drugs, that type of thing. I think if you um, look at our model for pushing. Uh, Information out. I can envision a um, a pharmacy saying, okay, you know, I'm a relying party for mobile ID and I know that uh, Tim's coming in to pick his prescription up. Let me push out a notice to him that says, hey, you know, Medicine A may cause this side effect or or Medicine A is going to uh, interact poorly with the medicine B that you're currently taking please can you know consent to releasing and you know tell me that it's okay that you're, you you understand these these terms and conditions and send that out
0: the that safety aspect of it is really something that I know I'm personally very enthusiastic about um, when it comes to bringing strong identity and mobile ID to the health healthcare space um e prescription and just prescription in general seems to be a huge attack vector for for fraudsters and given the ongoing opioid crisis, it really does feel like right. having this, something like a mobile ID would really, really help A, prevent people from abusing the prescriptions, um, and, and then also B, making sure that the, the people aren't over-prescribed codeine, for instance, uh, to a point where it, it, it could become a problem. It feels like this could really help, solve, solve those public health problems and maybe create a social good, um, through technology. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Proving your age while enjoying a night on the town, opening a bank account from the comfort of your own home, registering a new vehicle remotely. Idemia's mobile ID enables all of these innovations and more. It can even replace your passwords. Mobile IDs incorporate powerful technology that roots them in government-held systems of record while allowing consumers to control when and how their data is shared. Convenient, secure, and more flexible than the traditional physical driver's license card or ID, this new technology empowers consumers to securely assert their identity on their own terms both in person and online. The Idemia Mobile ID is more than just a concept statewide pilot projects and initial rollouts across the U.S. have already shown that consumers are eager for the next wave of converged identity, powered by Idemia and managed by themselves. It's time to participate in making mobile ID an American reality. Learn how at Idemia.com. And now, back to the podcast. So you mentioned provider ID um, and I think that when people think about a mobile ID they're really looking at it from a citizen's perspective but uh, obviously having a strong you know anchor of trust and a trust chain in in your device um, especially something that that can you know use NFC QR code scanning bluetooth that can have a lot of um, sort of enterprise level benefits as well can you expand a little bit about what the benefit of a mobile id is for providers and healthcare professionals in a day-to-day basis
1: yeah i mean i think the you know healthcare providers and professionals would benefit from it i mean i, I think simply just from operating in uh, shared workstation environments you know having access to being able to being able to tell who has access to patient records whether they're authorized to do that um you know, having strong authentication in those locations to establish it, I think all those things factor really well into a mobile ID. I I, um, I would expect that uh, you know we talked we've talked extensively about EPCs, but I I think that that falls in line quite a bit. I mean, there more and more work is being moved to um, these tablets and things like that in your doctor's office. I think that you see. Uh, people you know interacting with those things having a having a standards based mobile credential to be able to say yes i'm i'm sharing this information I'm, you know i'm establishing my identity i'm carrying it i can i can unlock it with my face or something like that now i'll say this that you know there there are sensitivities to uh user experience in in healthcare space that that could potentially Uh, That are challenges for mobile ID, you know, maybe they don't necessarily have the um, ability have the taste I guess for going and doing a uh, uh, Interacting with their phone just unlock a tablet. So I I think that's why there's a lot of presence of of sort of you know Near field doggles or you know those types of uh, Tokens that they carry around in their pocket or something along those lines which which are a lot very, very more prevalent but I think ultimately for uh, establishing your identity and, you know, for important type of transactions, like issuance of prescriptions, accessing patient data, recommending procedures, you know, that, that type of potentially digital signatures on that data uh, from, a you know, a crypto uh, certificate or something like that, that you're pushing out from your, your device to, to say, yes, I consent and I have a I, you know, I consent that this person should have this procedure, and here's the, you know, here's my digital signature associated with it. I think those things all become are very prevalent in the, you uh, know, re- are required in in the medical space or in the healthcare space.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it really, you know, it's a, it's really a two side. There, there's identity needed on both sides of that transaction. It really does feel like, especially for, you know, healthcare <clears throat> professionals who are famously time poor, it does seem like it. Was. Yes endpoints for them.
1: Um, yeah, I actually, it's funny, I, I worked on a project probably in the early 2001, 2002. We we pushed fingerprint readers out to a healthcare provider or a hospital, and um, the doctors quickly realized that, you know, they <laughs> didn't want to use fingerprint readers because they could type their passwords faster, and they pushed them behind the behind the monitor, and that's that was the end of that project. So, I mean, it's it's interesting to like you said they're 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 time poor and and uh, very sensitive to that so the quicker mm-hmm. they can yeah. interact and do these things
0: turning our gaze to the future here fully mobile id seems to be an ideal solution for telemedicine we've already talked a bit about uh um home care, but especially as 5G and IoT technologies start to enable new levels of home care. I'm wondering what is the potential of mobile ID in terms of enabling a sort of um care from home model of patient care.
1: Well I, I think you know and I keep keep going back to it, but establishing confirming identity is is first and foremost. And, and I think that's what you're, you know, having the ability to do that remotely. Um, whether it's you know whether it's establishing it through uh, our you know a telemedicine session on your computer, uh, interacting it as a, with an authenticator into your web session or something like that, or um, you know in, interacting with uh, let's say you've got a, a drip, you know a morphine drip or something like that at home, and you want to make sure that I am that you know I can unlock it and use it if I if you know for some reason I you know I can do that through my mobile ID and I can interact with those. Uh, IOT technologies I mean there there's you know obviously the the ISO standard allows for that kind of interaction between a, a verifier and and the device uh, but there's also a fair amount of work going on in some of the some of the other standards bodies around uh, interact authenticating a person to an I, IOT device or something like that you know that you know Fido specifically it comes to mind that they're doing work in this space um, so the, the, the authentication aspect is is very important. I think uh, consent of obviously is, is going to continue to be important. Um, you know, I see as as use cases. You know, that obviously telemedicine is the big one, but uh, you know, pre-screening, enrollment, that type of thing at home, preparing to go in. Um, I think those are all uh, going to be potentially huge. We'll, we will be doing these things sooner rather than later to prepare ourselves to go in and, and interacting with our devices. Our mobile ID will be a key part to doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, having reported on this uh, this sector for, you know, seven, seven or eight years now, uh, just specifically in, in identity, I know that one of the big crunches in terms of um, healthcare providers is they're, they're like trying to deal with outpatients and the, the sort of cost that, that that causes. And so this is clearly, uh, it makes a lot of sense that this would be the the high priority. Um, you know, we've spoken a lot about the potential of mobile ID and healthcare, but what are the immediate next steps healthcare providers and other relying parties need to take so that some of these opportunities can become a reality?
1: Call me. No, <laughs> we'd be happy to help. I would be happy to help, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I know. I would say, if if your state is a mobile driver's license provider, I think you want to, you know, educate yourself and understand the functionality that's there, uh, how it can offer remote identity proofing or remote identity authentication for uh, healthcare use cases. It, in the states that don't have mobile driver's licenses you know that I, I, I suspect the states are moving towards branded mobile ID initially instead um, and then while they don't as we mentioned don't bestow traditional driver's license privileges uh, they do confer a secure credential um, that would allow you to transact remotely and in person so I think that's uh, you know understanding the landscape in your specific state or states that your company works in um, and and both of those, Instances, I think, equally apply to healthcare providers and relying parties. I think, uh, from a healthcare provider perspective, they're interested in establishing the identity, and a relying party is is interested in, in interacting with that identity, uh, with that person. Um, and then, if neither of those things are true, you you know, look to companies like Idemia who who can provide a, a secure uh, SDK or credential that can be embedded into into your own digital uh, digital product to be able to uh, enable those, those types of use cases. I think that's, that, that's probably the, the best advice that I would give, um, you know, and also understand, understand what the, you know, what the landscape is from a, a standards perspective as well. I know, you know, the, like I mentioned, 800 NIST special publication, 863, uh, around digital identity guidelines. I know that that heavily influences the healthcare market. Um, and also look at uh, some of the things around that the, the DEA requires and things of that nature. So those are all mm-hmm. important things that you could do.
0: Well, you know, I know I know you started off with a joke there, but but on a serious note, how can listeners contact you to, uh, you know, learn more about what we talked about today?
1: <laughs> Probably the best way is through email. And that is timothy.brown at us.idemia.com. And we can go from there.
0: Thanks so much, Tim, for, uh, for so, joining me on ID Talk today. I'm very excited to see your, uh, your talk at HIMSS in a week.
1: Absolutely, Peter. I appreciate it.
0: And so concludes my conversation with Tim Brown, IDEMIA's Senior Director of Technology and Chief Technologist of Digital Identity for North America. To learn more about the topics discussed in this episode, visit idemia.com. To read more about healthcare biometrics, stay posted to findbiometrics.com. I'd like to thank Tim again for joining me on today's episode. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter. Thank you for listening to the ID Talk podcast.